Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth It podcast. My name is Thomas, and hello there, JD. Are you okay? Hi again, Tom. Oh, Tom. man. Tom, do you want some news? Go for it. I do want some news. I've left my bed for the first time in this whole quarantine. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I think we need a round of applause for JD. Woo! <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, um, it's still quarantine. We're still here. We're still sat at home. We're still chilling out, doing our bits and pieces. Uh, going the board out every setting once. in. Oh, the board of setting in, yes, of course. Uh, going out very, very rarely just to do the essential shop. And being good humans in general, trying to get rid of that goddamn coronavirus. It'll go eventually. And uh, we'll eventually. look back on this day and think, holy cow, what the hell just happened there? But um, I want to tell you something, JD. Um, so today I was driving... Um, obviously coming home from work because I, I still work at Tesco so I've got to go out every day unfortunately yep. for all my You're sins. You're the essential people. Um, so I was coming back home from Tesco and um, I drove past the petrol station and I thought I, I looked at the, at the sign and normally you know, obviously it tells you your prices and stuff for how much petrol costs at the time and I, I looked at it and thought that can't be right surely. So I kind of like doubled back and looked at it again. 99 pence per litre. It's per yeah, has it like- pound. The price oh. just dropped drastically. So up to like about a week before the lockdown, maybe it was probably around about one pound twenty nine a liter, and it's got all the way down to ninety nine p. Absolutely amazing! I was well happy, so I filled up my entire tank um, from obviously from empty or almost empty to full, completely full was thirty pound. It's the cheapest it's ever been, ever. Amazing. Um, I don't know yeah. what, what this means. I don't drive. Yeah, you don't drive. <laughs> I've got you for that. We've got to talk about that at least one day. Transport to set and how JD does it. That's going to be an episode of a podcast at least at some point. <laughs> Can you tell we're running out of topics? <laughs> <laughs> Never. I, I actually think there's um, there's so much to talk about in general in media that I don't think we'll really ever struggle for podcast topics at all. I always um, like come up with the podcast topics about a couple of days before each time we record. So I just sit down and think, right, what do I fancy talking about today? I'm never gonna, you know, turn around and go, uh, let's let's talk about something daft or something nothing related to media because I don't feel like we've got um, anywhere near our limit as such. Um, unlike uh, music, apparently, which is running out of notes and chords in combination. Did you know about that, JD? No. Apparently, we'll get almost getting to a point where music is running out of notes and chords in a certain structure um, that we're going to have to start recycling old material and older songs to, uh, I guess, make new it's music. It's finally going to reach the point yeah. where we go, hey, this new song sounds like anything else. It's like every Hollywood blockbuster film ever. All recycled <laughs> now. <laughs> recycled old crap. Speaking of which, <laughs> we make films. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so uh today's actual topic um is based on the question i asked someone on twitter so agbo films uh bring it out extraction which is coming out on the 24th of april 2020 on netflix it's actually produced by the russo brothers and directed by sam hargrave and they actually asked a uh well, like i had an ama uh, as such and I, I asked a question to them so I said, when creating complex fight sequences, do you often have to sacrifice creativity for practicality? Or does VFX and SFX save creativity? So it was a question that I wanted to ask them to see what their opinion was. And they, they haven't actually done the live session tonight. Hopefully they asked a question and, uh, and I get an answer. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess 
When it comes to blockbuster Hollywood films that they've got big, big sets of budget, uh, they have almost an unlimited resource when it comes to creating these massive, large-scale fight sequences. They use blue screen, green screen, explosions. Uh, they have really highly trained um, stuntmen and stunt women, of course, um, mm. creating these fight sequences. And they, they work for months and months and months on very small pieces that don't seem very uh, big or have a large impact on the film. But in the end, in the long run, uh, it creates this entire large sequence. So, you know, for example, we look back at like these massive battle sequences for Lord of the Rings, and they took such a long time to coordinate, such a long time to practice and re rehearse for. You've got these massive single-take fight sequences like the ones in Netflix's Daredevil. Um, there was a there was a sequence where he was fighting off a, a bike gang in inside this uh, abandoned slash derelict building, um, and it was like a almost a six minute long one take action sequence. So it was just him raw fighting um, and stuff like that. It takes such memory and such a long length of time, and it pulls away all the need for VFX and SFX. It's kind of slightly different when you come to the likes of your sci-fi fantasy action films, you know, like the the Marvel series and uh, the way in which the the likes of Infinity War was mostly done uh, offset, uh, you know, like a pre-built set as such. Yeah. Um, but you know, what's your, what's your take on a on a fight sequence, Jada? You've uh, you've done a couple in your time, haven't you? Yeah, I've been in a few, and to be honest, they're one of my favourite parts. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But then I grew up do doing like exercises for like wrestling and things, so I I've got a bit of a different take on what fun is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit more about wrestling. Does it actually have a uh, like an impact on how you uh, create your fight sequences? Entirely. If you can't do something safely, don't do it. Yeah. You're there to make something entertaining. You're not there to hurt yourself or risk your life just to make yourself go oh look i could do this and be cool uh. mm. end yeah. of the day it's entertainment you're there to entertain yeah i see um, so obviously wrestling in itself is uh as you say as you mentioned it is entertainment in a nutshell um and it, it kind of very much comes hand in hand when you when, when you obviously creating choreographed fight sequences because as a wrestler yourself you've got a choreograph with or i presume i don't know myself uh, too well you can obviously correct me if i'm wrong but i can imagine you have to choreograph with your with your colleagues and with your the people who you're actually going onto stage with uh, it helps but normally you c with wrestling it's different to like film how we do it because in film you know exactly what i'm going to do yeah whereas with wrestling often it's done on the fly so if i do something you know to go with it and let it happen right okay so I guess it's like you get taught a set of moves and how to counter those set of moves and you have to utilize that whilst on uh, on stage as such, right? Yeah, for, for wrestling it's more you get taught the moves and how to take them mm -hmm. so that you make the other person look good and they'll do vice versa. Yeah. Whereas with film in our job it's you know I'm going to punch you and I know you're going to go and, and t make it look real painful. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. you're going to punch me and we'll go back and forth. Yeah, because we're recreating what has been, uh, you know, directed by yeah. the director, written on the on the paper by, uh, by the writer itself. So we yeah, exactly. we always know we can always preempt what's going to be happening. So we know that, uh, you know, James twenty three enters the building with a gun, yeah, you know, his pistol raised, and uh, he's going to shoot this guy on the left. We know because it's written yeah. in the script. So, um, so that's what he does, obviously. Um, so 
With that being said, uh, we as low budget filmmakers have a completely different perspective and a completely different look or outlook on um, the these fight sequences as such compared to the likes of uh, the big Hollywood producers. So um, with, uh, with, with our fight sequences, whenever we look to create one, um, we sometimes do have to sacrifice the creativity for practicality because we can't get people jumping out of the building. We can't get people to fall from a really tall tree. No, I mean, we, we can, but it won't be safe. Yeah, absolutely. All legal. <laughs> uh, we could see, I always, um, well, I was always taught when at university, the, the, there's like a triangle of creativity. Um, and in this triangle, you can only have two parts of it. So the triangle of creativity is time, cost, and quality, right? You can only have two pieces of that triangle. So if you want to get it done quick uh, and you want it to look good, you know, it's going to cost a ton of money. Uh, you know, sort of stuff like that, and with, yeah. with that being with that being said, um, a lot of the time, as low budget people, we're trying to get it done as quickly as possible, um, for as little cost as possible. So therefore, sometimes look there, there goes that quality. We don't want to do that at all. So therefore, we have to flip it on its head. If we want it to cost little but look great, then what's that going to sacrifice? Time, of course. We've got to take yeah. longer to do stuff. We don't really want to do that either. So we're always in that kind of catch-22 situation. What do we do? Where do we go next? How do we make something look brilliant? Um, and I guess, uh, I guess, as you say, it's down to that practice and down to that prep. Um, so with that being said, JD, uh, when we did Hunted, tell me your thought process when we were designing the fight sequence uh, for Hunted. Uh, I thought this will be easy, this will be fun, and then it started to snow on set and the set turned to ice and it hurt way more when I had to take a fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, when we were doing the practices, um, there was a lot of unsureness of where people were to fall and it was, it was nerve-wracking because when you've got complete strangers working together it's scary because you're telling someone i'm going to swing real close to you mm, yeah and you're gonna make it look like i actually did hit you and yeah. then you're gonna hit the floor and this is how you do it properly and safely mm-hmm. it's it's scary it's it's horrifying because if if i told you jump hit the floor right now as hard as you can it hurts it's scary you don't want to do that yeah and if you like say for example you come into that practice arena or that practice area on a thursday afternoon and they say to you right you've got to do this 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 and this and give you a giant list and start running through all these sequences and you're thinking okay right so how long have i got to to learn this uh we know with with blockbuster in hollywood they go oh three months and we go okay that's great yeah and then with us we go yeah you got until next tuesday uh you got till uh five minutes yeah yeah you just gotta do it right now uh please (laughs) so um uh, you know, with that being said, everything's so tight and, uh, and pushed through. We've got to really rely on ourselves um, and our experience in the past, I guess, um, and use that. Kind of, We kind of cheat the triangle a little bit, really. So our time that we put into it is time having learned our lessons from the past experiences. So, you know, last year when we did the short film, when we did this action sequences, this went wrong and this went wrong. So in the future, we're going to correct that in our next action short film. We're going to correct that. It's going to be a little bit better, and we yeah. could use that as our time um, part of the of the triangle. So to still ensure that we do the low cost and the high quality, um, and obviously, <laughs> uh, low cost means we we can't really afford to do SFX. Um, obviously, do you know the difference, JD, between SFX and VFX? 
Uh, I can't say I do. Okay, I'll explain it to yourself, and I'll explain it to everyone too, just in case anybody else uh, isn't unaware. So VFX is visual effects, and SFX is special effects. So special effects are the stuff that you put onto set on the day. So there'll be like bullet casings, explosions, uh, cap guns to you know to make the fake firing noise. Uh, anything that you can preemptively cram into a real life set is SFX. And VFX is all done in post-production. VFX is like your blood splatter effects or your, uh, I guess you can add more trees into the background. That's visual effects. Um, okay. Maybe you said you wanted a giant castle looming over this really dark wood, but you shoot on the day and there's no castle in there at all. It's just a large field. So you've got to you know, comp in your woods and your big castle to make it look looming and scary. And that's VFX as well, um, because it's not really there. So SFX is something that's really there in real life. VFX is something that is placed there in post-production. Um, that's okay. the difference between the two. Um, so obviously, there's a heavy amount of VFX done on quite a lot of films. Uh, not as much SFX anymore. That's because companies have the budget and have the overdrive of creativity to uh, to add this in in post-production. Because people can sit there and say, or a director can sit there and say, oh man, I wish we had uh, like a giant flamethrower right now. And, and a VFX guy can go, yeah, I'll do that, yeah. And they go like, pay a th- 10 grand and they go down to a studio one day and get a man to walk along with a green, in the green screen, firing the flamethrower, and then they VFX yeah. him into the background. Perfect, it's done. That's what you wanted. We put it in. Um, so that's how that's how VFX works in a nutshell, I guess. Um, and SFX is like you know when you see the behind the scenes for nineteen seventeen, and they're driving along uh, with their with their massive rig filming this guy running, and in the background you see the bang, bang, bang explosions in the background. SFX. Yeah. The, the, the explosions SFX bloke has put in explosions to make it look more realistic because there's some instances and sometimes you just can't use fake stuff so SFX is is uh, practical things correct yes that's right. things that are actually there yeah because it's really hard to do stuff like you know like flames for example it's really hard yeah. to VFX good looking flames in to, to a project so therefore we quite heavily rely on real life flames um putting little fires in the corner of a room or something when it's when it's like a big uh, war sequence or something, you know? It kind of works and lo- it looks a bit better. looks more authentic. Um, and what a lot of filmmakers do and a lot what a lot of traditional filmmakers do is they try and look towards having as much SFX in as possible and trying to take away uh, the use or the need to use VFX. Um, somebody that mentioned that or quite heavily mentions that anyway is Roger Deakins. Um, he doesn't really like the idea of uh, using too much SFX, he feels like it spoils the film, especially shooting on blue screen. He said in an interview with Rotten Tomatoes that when he shoots stuff on blue screen, it messes with the lighting uh, and makes it look unnatural and not as authentic as, he, as if he shot it in the real situation. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm a personal fan of practical effects. I like prosthetic things. I like, uh, like ragdoll things. The ag- yeah. things that are actually there, because it, it, it's real then. Yeah, yeah. Well, r- real as it is. I feel like um, it, if you, I guess, if you start making stuff and creating stuff, it puts more passion into a project as well. Um, yeah. And there's more to it. So, like, for example, when we are going to be shooting our Star Wars sequence that's coming up, uh, we've got quite a lot of stuff pre-built already and pre-made. Um, mm. uh, you know, because obviously being massive Star Wars nerds anyway, you know, it's quite easy for us to you know reference stuff and say oh this is built out of this we can design it to look like this we know exactly what we're talking about so we know exactly what we can make and putting that love and affection towards something or towards a project makes 
it all that better, doesn't it? Yeah, and it it, it makes it it makes the piece all the more realistic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, uh, with that being said, obviously, um, complex fight sequences uh, become less and less complex the more you break it down. Um, and if you can always try and not necessarily cheat the system, but look for alternatives and ways in which you can make something look authentic but not actually be authentic, then that uh, I, I guess is a win for your for your part, isn't it? Um, yeah, and like I don't know about you behind the camera, but for us on the front end of the camera, it helps like keep us grounded, visualize what to react from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if if you shout explosion and we know that in vfx there's going to be a big explosion to a side we'll take a dive mm-hmm. it's way easier if we actually see a real explosion nearby yeah. and go jesus yeah. yeah i'm actually scared yeah more authentic reaction isn't it i guess yeah and that's why you know when when there are, when we start doing big bigger fight sequences ourselves you know we're going to start hiring in more martial arts orientated people that know actually how to punch and how to break and how to how to actually do the stuff rather than hiring in people who um I, I guess know how to act fight and act fighting is different to actual fighters isn't it it's more it's not as raw and rugged it's not as uh yeah i guess yeah and um, also at the same time even then some martial arts and some martial arts instructors don't actually fight realistically to what would happen if I'm going to say on the street in inverted commas because um, I, but I think people will get what I mean by on the street. So like on the street fighting is stuff like, you know, you, you're walking down, you're walking down the road and someone swings a punch at you. What the hell are you going to do? You're not going to go into like a massive stance and start. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> start doing a perfect karate I, kick, are you? When I learned for security to do a bouncer work, the first thing they teach you is the average fight lasts 10 seconds. Yeah. Don't forget anything you've seen in a film. It's 10 seconds. It mm-hmm. will be over very quickly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And obviously our aim is not to make sure our big fight fight sequences last 10 seconds. Um, uh, obviously we do want to draw it out. We do want to make it dramatic and all that jazz. But we also want to keep it as realistic as possible. So it's got to be as true to itself um, as it needs to be. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I guess to answer my own question for myself, um, we sometimes have to sacrifice creativity for practicality only because we don't have the budget to uh, push in that creativity as such. Yeah. Um, but if we if we were to be able to improve ourselves and improve the way in which we we make films ourselves, then focusing on past experiences and focusing on the way in which we've created our films in the past will definitely enhance and will definitely help our um, ability to look at projects um, I guess in a different light um, and change the way in which we in, change the way in which we make films so yeah what do you reckon JD which like do you think it impacts it yeah like yeah. definitely because if we don't have the budget to make a big explosion either in mm-hmm. special in uh, SFX or VFX, we're just stuck we're not gonna have an explosion we're gonna have to rewrite something and find an alternative we're not in that pit of luxury yeah absolutely so that is actually going to be the end of today's episode of the worth it podcast i really do hope you enjoyed yes oh my god we all done already yeah yeah man i'm looking at the times now thinking yep yep this is good this is good. all right well back to regular scheduled uh, (laughs) lockdown stuff of staring at the wall absolutely damn right 
Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening along to this episode of the Worth It podcast. Of course, we are creating as much content as we possibly can during this lockdown period for you guys to listen to, to watch, and to you know, to enjoy. So um, please do come and check out all of our social media pages. They'll be listed down in a link in the description below. And of course, if you do want to check out more YouTube content, then our channel link is also down there too. Hit that subscribe button, maybe if you want to hit that notification bell for when we upload our content so yes guys thank you very much for listening along thank you very much jd for being a part thank you for having me as always tom not a problem sir speak to you all next week bye bye